0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Muay Thai Saved Me. My name is Crew Neal. If you are just tuning in for the very first time, just remember this is a podcast for anyone that learns Muay Thai as a practitioner, as an ex-fighter, is a current fighter, and it's just showing how Muay Thai has impacted their life in a positive way. Today, I'm doing something a little different. Today, I'm actually going to be sharing my story, something that I don't really talk too much about, and I just thought I think it was just time to kind of share a lot more intimate details about who I am as a person, how I got into Muay Thai 34 years later, you know, where I'm at now. So... Basically, as you know, my name is Crew Neil. My real name is Neil Chut I'm half English, half Thai. For those of you, a lot of people think I'm half Armenian because my last name ends with YN. Let me just clarify. I'm half Thai, half English. My last name derives from Thailand. But how I got into Muay Thai, I actually, surprisingly, as a, growing up as a child, um, I loved martial art films watched it like crazy relentlessly i was very obsessive about martial arts and fighting in general if you think about you know a kid in the 80s i would play with gi joe action figures i would like make up these movie scripts and would just like make these choreographed fight scenes i would put blood on the gi joes I i went really like really creative with that fast forward my parents get divorced i'm eight nine years old and my mom meets who ends up being my trainer crew X, and you know they, they start dating, and the movie Kickboxer, the 1989 version, comes out on the theaters. I was so excited to see it. I was a fan of Van Damme. I'm sure a lot of you that know who Van Damme is. If you guys grew up in my time frame, you guys know who I'm talking about. I was so excited to see that movie. So my mom and Crew X took me to go see that movie in the theater. That was probably life-changing. That was when I really got into Muay Thai. Uh, and it was funny, because before I go into that story, fast forward a, a, a two to three years, I was at a private school and they were giving out free karate lessons. And I got a complimentary session, uh did the class and afterwards, you know, my mom comes to pick me up and the instructor talks talk, comes to us and she, he goes, you know, hey Miss Chuchayan, uh I just wanted to let you know your son was the best in the class. Would he be interested in learning karate? Would he be interested in taking lessons? And at that time, I gave my mom this look and she understood what it meant. This look meant, uh, I don't wanna do this, mom. I don't like it, but I, didn't, I was shy. I didn't wanna say anything. So I gave my mom that look, right? And my mom acknowledges it and she goes, you know what, let us talk about it and we'll get back to you. And then as we left, my mom asked me, you know, Neil, why, why did you not want to do it? And I said, it was boring, mom. It just, it was too stationary. It just wasn't dynamic. It just, it it was boring. Fast forward two to three years later, we meet Kurex. We're at the movie theater. I love Kickboxer. I like, I'm talking in love with it. And you know, as a child, you get excited when you watch martial art films and you're like trying to mimic moves. And so Kurex looks at me and says, oh, you like Muay Thai? And I was like, yeah, I love it. You know, and I'm doing my little punches. Uh, and he's like, you know, I teach at uh, at a gym, you know, several days a week. When I teach, let me bring you with me. I can teach you something. And I was like, oh, yeah. So the day comes, shout out to Muay Thai Academy of America. They were actually the pretty much the first Muay Thai gym in the Valley in California. If you're from Southern California, if you're in the Mecca of Muay Thai, you should know Muay Thai Academy of America. So that's where there was no other gyms around at that time. You're talking like eighties, right? There was no Muay Thai gym there except MTA. So we're walking up. And I remember as I'm walking up, walking outside uh, alongside the building, I hear this, Lash! Lash! like you just, you hear this crazy grunt, you hear somebody hitting something. I don't, I didn't know if it was like a bag or pads and I was like, what is that sound? And I remember like it was yesterday. Uh If you Google MTA right now, you'll see the images of their front doors, how they open. Imagine those doors open And then as I walk in, I see a Thai fighter from Thailand smashing on the Thai pads, making tremendous noise, the power, it was incredible to watch. And literally, I'm nine years old, I'm jaw dropped, I'm like, and I remember thinking instantaneously when I saw that, I want to be like that. And then so here I come, I come in, um, I get suited up for the, the class, and lo and behold, my trainer Crew X is just like, what the heck? Meaning, I'm picking everything up very quickly. He's like, I've never seen this. This kid's got something here, and so that kind of started my my career in Muay Thai. Fast forward several years, you know, I'm tra- so now I'm training. Nine years old, I'm consistent with it. As we get older, my sister also was doing Muay Thai. We're six years apart, so I'm nine at this point. She's uh, three. Okay, she starts training two years later at five years old. So now we're training alongside each other. And I remember when she was six years old, that means I was 12, she actually wants to fight. And she's actually the reason that sparked me to fight, believe it or not. My sister fought, now at that time, there were no girls. There was no girls whatsoever, it was all boys doing it. So my sister fought a boy who, her first fight actually was two years older than her. He was eight years old. She was only six. She did such a great job, but my sister had a bad habit of like dropping her hands all the time. So the boy was like not really punching her, but was like pushing her in the face and she was blasting him with like hard kicks. And so he was getting frustrated. So he would like just mush her. If you know what mushing is, it's basically where you put your hand in someone's face and you like just, just shove their face away. So that's literally what he would do. And because he was taller and bigger, he would naturally just shove my sister to the floor. And so she got a bloody nose from that. And I will never forget, the referee stops the fight because he feels bad for my sister. She's a girl. She's fighting a boy. My sister starts crying. Now, most people think, oh, she's crying because she got hurt. She has a bloody nose. No, she was crying because the fight got stopped. (laughs) It was crazy. So she loses that fight, obviously. She comes back stronger like two, two, three months later, fights another boy, this time her age she whoops the boy. Like, I'm talking just defeats him completely, gets the title, or not the title, but uh, gets the victory. Now, from here, this is where I'm like, man, I want to do this. I want to fight now. So I committed a whole year to fighting, or to training to fight, and at 14 years old, here comes my career, I uh, start. At this time, um, they had what you call smokers, and smokers, if you're unfamiliar with that term, smokers is like... Uh, it's a controlled atmosphere. You wear headgear, shin guards, all the necessary, um, safety equipment, mouth guards, cups, and how smokers were run back then is where gyms from all over the area would come in to one gym, one gym would host, and, um, they would have like same day weigh-ins and you would pretty much It was like an honor system. You would write down your, your info, your, your experience, how long you've trained and your, and you would weigh in and you would weigh. And then the, the owner of the gym would match you up according to experience, size and what, and whatnot. And that's how it would go. You would fight three rounds. It would never be more than that. Uh, you could never catch kicks. It was straight kickboxing rules. And that's how I started. And keep in mind at 14 years old, I don't have a life. I'm training six days a week. If I'm not at the gym, I'm at school. I'm playing basketball on every every break that you can imagine. I come to train at night. So I'm basically, mom picks me up from school. We hit traffic. We're driving from Glendora, city of Glendora, all the way to Van Nuys. Once I get to Van Nuys, I'm eating food as my food's digesting, I'm doing homework. So I'm doing homework for about an hour. And after that, I get to training about seven o'clock. From seven to nine o'clock, I'm training. After nine o'clock, I'm doing homework. So this was literally my whole life, from the age of 14 all the way to 18 years old. So going back to my fights, uh, I started fighting at 14 years old. And I'll never forget, there's a my first opponent. He was 14 years old. I was a foot taller than him. He was kind of a, a smaller guy. But I was a skinny toothpick, though. So, um, I was like a head taller than him. And I remember till this day, he comes in the dressing room and then the trainer points him out to me, uh, points me out to him. And he's like, that's your opponent. And this, op- this kid looks at me up and down. I could take him with the most confidence you could ever imagine. I saw him and I said, "Oh!" in my head, I was like, Oh, okay. I'm gonna bring it to this kid. So that kind of sparked me. Um, fight starts what I've been told by people is that fight looks like I'm hitting tie pads. I'm just completely um, just controlling the whole fight. I score multiple knockdowns. I win unanimous decision. And it was funny because when I come out of the ring, the trainer of my opponent comes to my trainer, Kurex, and starts complaining, hey, how many fights has your son had? You said he's never fought before. And he was like, no, that was his first fight. The trend was like, stop lying, where has he fought? And my mom was like, no, that was his first fight. You know, so that started a trend. And I fight a month later, couldn't get a matchup. Next month, I got a matchup. Um, So this kind of kept happening. I kept winning, kept winning. I remember my my second official fight, uh, 14 years old, I forget how much I weigh, to be honest. I think I was, like, high 120s. And I fight a guy who's 18 years old. He's 20 pounds heavier than me. Keep in mind, this was a smoker. This was, like, people were, like, trying to, like, you know, I don't know what it was. Politics, whatever you want to say. But I fight this kid who's 20 pounds heavier than me. I win. Now people my age are like, dude, I don't know if I want to fight this kid anymore. So... Uh, right now I'm at the verge of turning 15 right now. I can't find fights. I'm 14 years old. Cannot find fights. I finally turned 15 years old at 15 years old. I can't find anyone my fight, my, my age to fight. So I start fighting 23 year olds and up. So at 15 years old, imagine a skinny little toothpick fighting 23 year olds and up I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm fighting literally almost every month, winning, 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 winning. I go four years straight um, undefeated people are starting to recognize me in grocery stores. I'm in Culver city. Like people are recognizing, Oh, Oh shoot. I saw you fight. Keep in mind, 15 years old. I'm fighting like in big uh, Vegas shows. Um, back then it was called the Aladdin hotel. For those of you that remember the Aladdin, but now it's called planet Hollywood. So the Aladdin used to be there, um, fought in places like that. Stardust hotels, you know, all that good stuff. Um, four years undefeated I take a break from fighting and I take about five years off. And here's the thing. A lot of people don't realize you can actually find this fight on YouTube. Um, If you type in my first name, Neil, N-E-I-L versus Yua, I think it's Y-U-A. You'll see me at a young age. I'm like 17, maybe 18 years old. And it's under kickboxing rules. I fight. Be the judge for yourself, guys. Watch that fight. Um, A lot of people told me you won that fight. You know, but at that time, I think I had judges that were more boxing orientated. If you watch that fight, you'll see a lot of his punches that he threw were blocked by my guard. Um And I scored a lot of heavy kicks, body kicks, leg kicks. Uh, you could see my kicks were powerful, but they didn't score them. Um So I lost by decision. And it's funny because I didn't see that uh footage until I was like 37 years old. So actually, that was the fight that actually made me... um stop fighting for a little bit because at that time I had two losses under my belt. Uh, the fight before that I had gotten knocked out. And I remember, um, and this goes back to mindset, you know what I mean? Uh, mindset of like, you can train as hard as you want, but if your mind is not in the right place, you will lose. And that's, that was my first taste of that. You know, you go four years undefeated, you know, my mind's not really focused on it anymore. So I fight this amazing, uh, amazing opponent. He knocks me out with a head kick. That's that. I come back stronger, more mentally, tougher, training camp's even better. I'm hungrier. And when I fight this guy, Yua, uh, I lost by decision. Now, keep in mind, I never saw footage of it. I thought I sucked. So that was actually the reason why I stopped fighting. I took a hiatus for five years. But fast forward 30, 37, 38 years later, when I saw that footage, I was like, oh my gosh, I actually did really well. So I just wish I had somebody in my corner at that moment that kind of addressed the good things that I did um, as opposed to what I was thinking in my head, how horrible I sucked and this and that. And I would have kept fighting. But anyways, five years, take a hiatus. Now um, I'm still training, but I'm I'm not training to compete. An opportunity comes about. Curex asked me, hey, you wanna fight? Three weeks out, it's a title fight, five rounds. You know what I mean? Um, so I actually, I was like, all right, Curex, let's do it. Let's fight. Everyone thought Kurex was crazy. Everyone thought, like, what are you doing? Your son has not fought for five years. Why are you putting him against an opponent who has knocked out his last opponent, his last three opponents? What are you doing? Are you crazy? Curex would just give him a little, like, a little, like, snarl, like, eh. Because we, me and him, we knew, we were like, no, we're ready. And so fight happens, kind of cool. It's like a, it's like a movie. Um, we go to the center of the ring. My opponent's talking smack to me, literally. I've never experienced this before in my life. He's telling me how he's going to bring me pain. He's going to knock me out. You know, He's going to regret You know, fighting him. And I'm just like nodding my head. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the crowd right now is going nuts. They're going crazy. As the ref breaks us apart, I blow him a kiss, I blow, it. the crowd erupts, they're going crazy, so round one fights, he comes heavy, he starts trying to knock me out with his hands, and I'm just chopping away his legs, chopping away his legs, uh, if you know me, I'm known for two things, I love leg kicks, I will kick the legs relentlessly, and I was known for the clinch in the knees, um, so the fight goes on. I'm just chopping away at his legs. I'm surprised he's not blocking any of my low kicks at all. He's just taking it all in the legs. He's just trying to knock me out. And you can see as the first round progresses, his leg just gets more straight. He gets what I call a flat tire and what Thai people call a flat tire. Um, second round, it just gets more stiff, more straight. He's, his mobility's not as good. And by the third round, he's literally just taking all the shots in his legs. And in the third round, he ends up calling it quit. He just, he can't continue anymore. And it was funny because after all that smack talk, when I went to go show my sportsmanship to him, he actually couldn't even look me in the eye. Um, people that knew me said, man, Neil, did you see your opponent? Two people had to carry him out. So he was literally being carried out by two people in his corner. They just carried him outside of the casino. This took place at the Hollywood park casino. And I won a title from that. And, it was crazy because uh, that was like five years, people were just like, what the heck? How did he pull that off? This dude knocked out his last three opponents, but it just goes back to mindset. Like it, when you truly believe something and there's like no ifs, ands, or buts about it, you're just that truly obsessed about it. You know, you visualize the results that you're gonna get and that's literally what happened. I visualize those results and that's what I got. Fast forward two months later, I fight again. Uh, I'm supposed to fight another opponent. He pulls out two weeks prior to fighting me due to a broken rib, uh, apparently. So they they pull in a substitute fighter for me. Go figure, my original opponent's there to watch and scout me because he's never heard of me before. So I win by second round TKO, leg kicks. After this, I have people coming up to me that are in my weight class. And if you don't know, when I was actively fighting as an adult, I fought between 160 to 168. That was my weight class. And people that were in my weight class were coming up to me after that fight. They were like, "Man, you put on a workshop tonight." Uh, I had uh, future opponents that were supposed to be matched up with me for future promotions. Were like, "You can keep that belt. I don't want nothing to do with it." Oh man, you know. And and then what happened is it started to chain where uh, I was fighting a lot under Dennis Warner. You know, Insync Promotions. Shout out to Dennis Warner. Uh, he's been in the game for a long time, but. Uh, Yeah, he would try to put me on his shows and he kept telling me, Neil, I'm I'm so sorry, man. I wanted to put you on my card, but nobody wants to fight you. Everyone I ask who is in your weight class, uh, they're like, oh, no, I can't fight him. He's like my brother. And I'm like, Dennis, like I just say hi to this guy at the fights. Like we're not even close. And Dennis is like, I'm sorry, Neil, like there's nothing I can do. He's saying he's your brother like I can't fight him. Um, And what was frustrating, at first it was cool, but then as you progress and you see these fights happening and you see these opponents who won't fight you and they're being put on the same card for a title fight against someone else, now I'm starting to get angry. Now it's like, what the heck? So I have three titles to my name. I actually should have had a lot more, but due to politics and people you know, choosing fighters and who their opponents were gonna be, I actually lost a lot of opportunities. So at this point, 2004, My trainer, Kurex, knows an owner in the gym in Thailand called SKV Gym. He asked about me, and Kurex is like, man, my son just can't get any fights right now. So, um, Cialek from SKV Gym, he's like, send your son here to Thailand. We'll get him fights. So, sure enough, we do. My mom sends me over to Thailand. uh, My first trip to Thailand, it's six weeks. I'm scheduled for three fights. Now, keep in mind, most of my career is kickboxing rules, not until... 2004, they actually started to allow knee strikes into Muay Thai bouts. You still couldn't use elbows though, right? Not until 2005. In 2005, you were able to throw elbows, but only in Las Vegas. You were only able to throw punches, kicks, knees, and you weren't even able to knee to the head either. That that was the funny thing. Not until 2005. But anyways, before I get into that, 2004, I get shipped to Thailand. Now I, I'm training seven days. Uh, the owner of the gym, CLEC, he has a business partner. His business partner likes the way I'm looking for training. He actually sets me up to put me into a fight. Now, keep in mind, this is like a, a fight, Thais versus foreigners. It was like uh, upstate New York, or sorry, upstate New York, upstate Thailand. And uh, we went really like six hours north from Bangkok. And I was ex- under the impression I was fighting a Japanese guy, right? Keep in mind in Thailand, the dressing rooms are like all intertwined. You can see your opponent across the way. Uh, I'm looking around. I don't see a japanese guy. I'm warming up getting my hands wrapped, but I keep seeing this one Thai guy Keep looking at me like he's looking me up and down and i'm just like warming up I'm, like man, why does that guy keep looking at me as the fights progress? And it's getting into the later later card. I'm like, wait a minute. There's no japanese guy I think i'm fighting that guy. So now my mind shifts from fighting this japanese guy. I'm like looking at this thai guy i'm like Okay, I'm fighting that guy now. So sure enough, it's funny. I'm walking up to the to the ring, and the Thai people are just talking trash to me. I couldn't believe it. They were just like, oh, you're too pretty to fight. What, what are you doing here? Oh, my gosh. And I'm just like, all right. You know, keeping a uh, you know poker face, walk up into the ring. I fight. Now, keep in mind, this was also a learning lesson to me. And for all fighters out there listening, you always got to fight like yourself. Uh, in this fight, I was training with a knee specialist. So, because I was taller than my Thai opponent, my um, my knee trainer was training me to do a lot of knee strikes, right, for this particular fight that I kind of just trained seven days for. So he's kind of giving me this guidance of like, all right, use lots of knees. my I didn't train to fight like this. My style is what leg kicks and the clinch with knees, but he was trying to teach me to fight which is knee strikes not grabbing no leg kicks. So I didn't listen to my own fighting style. I tried to fight like someone else's way and it didn't turn out well for me. Um I ended up getting cut with an elbow in the 4th round. Bloods just everywhere. I remember my whole face was just warm. So I like now I'm like coming in, I'm frantically coming in and the crowd's going nuts. They're like, "Wait, whoa, this this guy came to fight. This guy's tough." And uh it's funny because I didn't throw that many leg kicks. I threw several and I remember the fight got stopped. I saw my opponent. He came to say hi to me after the fight and he was limping so badly. And I remember to myself thinking to myself, like, oh my gosh, I got to fight like me. I can't fight like anyone else. So it was like a huge learning lesson for me coming back. Um, so I come back to America. I thought it was hard finding fights. Then when people, when the word got out that I fought a Showtime Thai fighter in Thailand, um, even though I lost by, by elbow uh, TKO, it made it even harder for people to, to get fights for me. So the only time I was able to get fights was people that didn't know me um, or typically just didn't care. They're just like, yeah, I'll fight them. But that was really hard to come by. So a lot of people don't know that about my fight career. Um, in 2008, I actually um, retired uh, from fighting. Kurex and my mom—we split up as a family. So I was kind of—I—I I, I hung my gloves up and I took over everything. And so 2008 to from—I started teaching in 2004, but in 2008 I I became head trainer. And then from 2008 to present day, I've been the head trainer at MTK. Um, we started. Uh, really small. And then now we've built up to two locations. Now we have hundreds of students and it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. And I just wanted to share that story with you guys today. I know uh, there's a lot of details that I could still share, but then this thing would be like a three hour podcast episode. I don't want to do that to you guys. So If you guys have any questions, feel free, hit us up, email us, uh, comment on our posts and say something like, you know, Hey crew, you know, ask me a question and then I'll make sure I acknowledge it on the, on the next episode. Okay. But guys that concludes Muay Thai saved me. Uh, my name is crew Neil. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, share, subscribe to our channel. Don't forget, don't, uh, be prepared for the next episode. I got some coming. All right, I got something coming for you. I got some an awesome guest. I know you'll wanna you don't wanna miss that. All right, but have a good rest of your day, guys. I'll see you soon.